2023 is drawn to a close, and as such, we are continuing our series of talking to people across Canada with NCSPR to get the highlights from the year. Stay tuned for my conversation with Jer. Hi, folks. My name is Cam. I am the host of the Pro-Life Guys podcast, a show dedicated to equipping you with the tools that you need to have compassionate and compelling conversations about abortion so together we can change minds, save lives, and transform our culture. I hope that you are having a blessed Christmas season, um, that you have had some downtime with friends and family, and that you are using as a time not only to recuperate and get ready for another incredible year of of pro-life outreach and pro-life involvement, but also a time of reflection to really, yeah, look back on 2023 and the incredible things that have happened both locally and regionally, but also, and I know this isn't a both, but but also around the world, the incredible stuff happening in the pro-life movement, the exciting work that's being done by CSPR and other pro-life organizations. Um, 2023 has been an incredible year um, from my vantage point at the very least. And so, and today we are continuing our journey. We have talked to people in Vancouver. We have talked to people in Calgary. We've talked to people in Manitoba. Today, we're going further east. We are going to the Eastern Outreach Department, and we're talking to my friend and colleague, Jer Hoogheim, who is the director of the Eastern Outreach Department. Um, He is an incredible dude and has sacrificed tremendously to bring leadership and guidance and wisdom and thoughtfulness to um, the pro-life movement and to CCBR in particular. And so I'm very fortunate that Jerry was able to spare a little bit of time today as we're winding down the year um, to join me, to give me a few highlights from his vantage point and from the vantage point of the Eastern Outreach Department um, as it relates to the year that has been 2023. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Jerry Hoogheim, Department Manager for the Eastern Outreach Department of CCBR. All right, folks, the one, the only Jeremy, a.k.a. Jer, a.k.a. a million other um, nicknames that I know that you are given throughout the office. Jer, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing fairly well today. A little bit tired, but uh, very excited for the opportunity to be on the podcast. Yeah, I'm glad that you're able to carve out the time. Obviously, you've been crushing um, not only truck hours, but a million other things on your plate for the last number of months as we reach towards the end of 2023 here. And there's been, I feel like this, I feel like every year is a crazy, busy, exciting, new things happening, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like this year has had some really um, special moments in it, whether it's the the Faces of Abortion tour that you and I were both a part of in, in our different capacities, um, new staff, new staff coming on, all that kind of thing. When you look back on 2023, are there particular kind of highlights that stand out from like a, a high elevation kind of standpoint of like, holy moly, we, we did a really cool thing there, or this was a really neat thing. What, what are the highlights for, from 2023 on, from your perspective? Yeah, thank you uh, for asking that. It was uh, definitely, I mean, it goes by faster as I get older every time. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that, but I do notice uh, the years going by quickly. But I think some of the bigger highlights. I mean, one of the biggest programs that we run out here is the summer internship program uh, of which I am director right now. And it is, uh, it requires a bit of recruitment, you know, preparing and planning and getting the, the people uh, to come and put boots on the ground for that. And so two of the biggest recruitment programs leading up to that uh, this year were our winter boot camp in February and our pro-life week of action in March. And both of those 
were fairly successful this year, thankfully. The winter boot camp is something we didn't plan on doing initially. It was a replacement for Florida when there was some uh, travel restrictions happening. So it was our second time doing that. It was cold, but we had 14 participants come out and five of them went on to do the summer internship, which was really encouraging. And the Pro-Life Week of Action, um, that one has just kept on growing. That's been our largest one ever this year. So we had 27 teams attending by my count and uh, plus six um, alumni, people who had done previous summer internships who came back as assistant leaders, as coaches to uh, help uh, direct the new participants in conversation. So that was uh, really, a, really a neat program as well. An opportunity, not only, like I said, for uh, new people to get their feet wet in the pro-life movement as young teenagers, which is always really encouraging to see that, uh, but also um, people to grow in leadership and uh, pass on what they've learned to newer activists. And from that week uh, out of the 27, 11 of them went on to this year's summer internship and two more applied for uh, this coming 2024 internship as well. That's phenomenal. And and I think that in many ways speaks to not only the the ingenuity of our team, but also the the perseverance. I know that you you mentioned the the February um uh, boot camp there and how I mean we were planning on doing Florida up until in many ways the last moment we were yeah. we kept hearing these rumors of the border's going to open the border's going to open the border's going to open and then it just didn't and so mm-hmm. I feel like we we drew together a really really cool program out there and and it's that's phenomenal that that uh, a third of the participants ended up doing the internship and so that's really really cool as a I don't know if you guys have decided if that's going to be a one-off program or if, if that's going to be a, a regular thing, but to be able to draw something like that together and have it as productive and as valuable as it was, that's really, really cool, with, especially with short notice. So that's mm-hmm. fantastic. And then from there, I guess, so th- that's kind of the, the high-level kind of programming kind of thing. I, I wonder if there are any, and I know this is tough because because you've had so many interactions, not only in-house with new interns and new staff and new supporters across Eastern Canada there, but also with all the people that you you connect with at the street level, street corners and on doorsteps doing activism. But I wonder if, if we were to drop the elevation a little bit and, and look at kind of highlights with regards to human interactions and people that you came in contact with. Are there any that stand out from 2023 again that, that really um, have anchored themselves in your brain, in your experience because of whether it's a, um, a really iconic um, encounter or, or something that has just stuck with you through the year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, a few I'd like to highlight from that. Uh, one is a little bit more uh, broad, not a specific conversation, but uh, just an encouragement of more people uh, recognizing CCBR uh, in name. So we have the privilege of uh, sometimes being invited or uh, requesting to set up tables to promote CCBR at a university or along with our friends at uh, ARPA, a reform political action group, um, with their fall tour. And, and with those opportunities, I, I think, um, as I've learned about the history of CCBR in the past, you know, CCBR was this new face in the movement and a bit questionable and people want to, you know, should we trust them, you know, th- things like that. But uh, and nowadays, I see um, more people are recognizing, oh, you're with CCBR. Like, I have a relative who did the internship. Or, oh, yeah, my niece or nephew did this. Or, like, oh, yeah, we saw you guys here last year. And uh, there starts to be a recognition of, as we get more alumni and just more word of mouth spreading around, uh, it's encouraging uh, to people. Uh, and, again, not for our own pride as if we're the only force in the pro-life movement at all, right? Um, but just people recognizing, okay, there is a, 
there is a group there that is seeking to uh, educate Canadians all across the country, and it's um, being uh, recognized in some sense. Absolutely, and and I think that it you hit the nail on the head of, of how cool it is to see that growth in action, right? That, that so often people like you and I, we've got our heads down and our boots are in the mm-hmm. mud kind of thing in the trenches. And then to be able to attend a, um, an event like an ARPA tour or a conference or something like that and, and kind of get that blast from the past of somebody that, you know what, maybe they participated in a crash course or, or another program a number of years ago and to look at how things have changed, how things have grown. I know, I, I don't know if you do story time with Jer amongst your, your interns and new staff, but just kind of talking about how things have changed and how, I mean, we went from five person internships to now 25 person internships. And we went from having, I don't know, 10 or 12 talks across the country and trying to find churches that are willing to bring us in and, and share the pro-life message and, and conversation skills to now, at, at times, unfortunately, having to, to turn down opportunities because we just have, have so many happening. Um, and then it all kind of comes back to the people, the people who we connect with through them. I, I hope that you have a better memory than I do, because unfortunately, I get hit all the time with like, yeah, good to see you. Like, oh, my goodness, who are you? <laughs> uh, like, oh, I, I did the internship. No, not the intern. I don't forget interns, obviously. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I did the the crash course. So I came to one of your talks or, or that kind of thing. Uh, we, we saw the team here and there. I It's so cool to have that kind of blast from the past and connect with people and see how far reaching Seaspire really has become, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very encouraging. And we're so thankful for the groups that partner with us and invite us out to different uh, events and conferences as well. Um, one other story that I think was particularly, I would say a defining moment for our team in the Eastern Outreach uh, Department here in Mississauga in the fall season was a, a bit of background on it. So some of our team, uh, along with some volunteers, went uh, to help out with a, um, a campaign in the United States, in Ohio, uh, for the where our, our friends at Created Equal and other pro-lifers were seeking to campaign against issue one. I believe you guys have spoken about that on the podcast before. And, uh, you know, to stop this bill from essentially legalizing abortion up until birth in the state of Ohio. Um, sadly, it was uh, a failed attempt, as in the bill did pass. And that was a tragic thing to hear about on November 7th. Um, and it kind of, you know, potential to discourage the team. Uh, also that week, we heard about a conversation on campus, uh, on a campus in Toronto, a university student who spoke with one of our uh, team members in Toronto and uh, she was pregnant. She was seriously uh, listening to the conversation, but she still was intent on abortion, even at the end with all the offers of help. And that's discouraging. And uh, our team members come home at the end of the day after the choice chains are done. And yeah, it starts to weigh on your heart a little bit and you feel the, the losses um, that that are a real part of uh, standing against abortion. Um, but on November 8th, uh, I guess a ray of hope uh, hit our, our team and was able to spread with the whole CCBR team that uh, a baby was born, a baby who was spared from abortion. So a mother in Toronto had earlier in 2023 reached out to CCBR for help. She had seen a video on social media, uh, which are social media promotions coordinator, Carissa Vogel runs out here, shout out to her. Um, Vanessa was the one in that video. She was um, sharing a testimony of somebody's mind being changed on abortion. And this um, young mother reached out asking to meet with Vanessa. And so Vanessa made a couple of trips into Toronto to meet with her. And this uh, young mom had abortion pills at her place and she was considering whether or not to take them, but she wanted to talk to somebody, have a conversation first before she was too far along to take the pills so that child's life was 
in real danger. But thankfully, uh, Vanessa was able to encourage her and uh, connect her with resources, uh, pregnancy resources and a supportive uh, community as well. And praise God, this little baby Sierra was born this fall. And we found out, I believe it was November 8th, the day after the uh, vote in Ohio. So just such an encouragement um, in a year like this, where, um, as you alluded to earlier, we had the Faces of Abortion tour and rightfully a focus on the broken faces of the victims of abortion, the little boys and girls in the womb. But to see uh, to see the face of a child not killed by abortion, who was spared, who was helped, and her parents, uh, her mom in this case, was loved. That was so encouraging, that story for our team, and just uh, inspired us uh, with a resolve to, to keep on fighting. It's worth it for all those little lives. Absolutely. Praise God for that. And and like I said, that that's such a, a boost for a team that, that does so much good work. And, and often, obviously, we're, we're sharing so many testimonies on social media and all that kind of thing. But sometimes it gets forgotten, all of those tough conversations, all of those um, steps backwards politically at times and all that kind of thing, and, and how encouraging um, it really is to get stories like that. Um, and, and I know that for me, at least, over this, um, the Faces of Abortion tour, a major theme that, that we were really highlighting out, out west here was getting, getting the abortion considerations out of the clouds, out of the abstract arguments and, and legislation and statistics and whatnot. Those are all important, but they're only important if they're anchored in the very real little boys and little girls um, whose lives are, are kind of hanging in the balance. And so we really try to emphasize the, the human, the relational component of abortion and how these are children who are in relationship, not only with their parents and, and with their siblings and fathers and others, but also with us as pro-lifers and, and in relationship with us. And we can't forget that even as we are so focused on the higher level strategy and trying to bring about significant and, and, um, massive meaningful change and whatnot we, we can never forget about those individual lives that really are the ones that um we got to come back to day after day and so thanks th thank you a ton for sharing that and for reminding all of in the audience hopefully many people saw that on our social media already but if you didn't definitely go check out that story i know that it's um it's in both the end the killing um stories and in our newsletters and whatnot if you're not already signed up for our newsletter you can absolutely do that um i'll, I'll drop a link in the show notes below for how you can sign up for ccpr's newsletter um last question i got for you here jer um I certainly as a manager, as the, the <laughs> manager of the Eastern Outreach Department, um, there's never a dull moment at CCBR. Mm -hmm. There's never um, a boring day or, or a day in which something doesn't change or happen or that you're working towards something. And I, I'm wondering, can you give us a bit of a sneak peek for what 2024 looks like coming down the tube? What, what do we got coming up? Yeah, yeah, it is um, exciting. I think, <laughs> like you said earlier in the podcast, there's always a, a ton to do in the movement, but so grateful for the team I, I have here, just a brief shout out of Joelle, Christina, Vanessa, Miranda, Charity, Carissa. I get to work with all of them here. Um, one highlight, I guess, is that we have uh, new staff uh, in the works. Um, two of them uh, who are have been involved in the internships previously who are on their way to joining us here. So we hope and pray they'll be able to start an office with us soon. Um, I guess a quick run through, you know, we have usual programs like the Florida AAP. You know, you guys had that on the podcast a little while ago. That's coming back with uh, hopefully over 60 attendees uh, putting boots on the ground there. A bunch of our staff are there for two weeks. We have the March break uh, week of action coming up. The early bird deadline for that is December 31st. So anyone in the greater Toronto area, 
um, you know, you know your high schoolers, you know your youth uh, who should apply, please send them out to us. We got the internship again in the summer, four month and two month options uh, for new things happening. Um, we do have some new creative media plans. I can't say too much about that, uh, but I know Carissa has got some things in, in the works, uh, talking to some other colleagues about that. So I'm excited to, to see um, some increase in our online reach as well. Um, new community groups uh, being planned to be started. I know those can't always put a timeline on when those might start, but uh, we're looking for more volunteers. Christina King uh, joined staff this year, and she's just been a real blessing in uh, having a focus on volunteers and just putting uh, them on our radar a lot more of like, that's one of the biggest things I've learned over this last year, actually, is uh, we were able to host a Christmas party for kind of our southwestern Ontario area um, just last weekend. And uh, last year, we had about 60 people come out. This year was over 130, which is really encouraging. And so many of them volunteers uh, that have not done internships yet. Um, you know, our intern alumni uh, often have a, a certain level of commitment, which is encouraging to see. But Many of these uh, volunteers, I didn't even know, which was in some ways like sad. I wish I knew them, but in some ways I'm happy that, wow, this movement is growing like, and I don't have to, in a sense, get to know every single one of them uh, as our team grows and keeps an eye on all these things, um, that there's so many. And that's one area that I hope we can grow in in 2024 and that I hope all of us, uh, including uh, perhaps all of you listeners who are listening, can appreciate is that the pro-life movement is uh, not just, you know, the, the public figures or the celebrities or the people who are in paid or official positions to do these things in the different arms of the movement. But the pro-life movement is you. It's the people on the ground. It's the uh, boots on the ground, you know, whether it's delivering postcards or knocking on doors, whether it's the parents who are uh, raising little pro-lifers at home, uh, taking care of the babies. It's the movement of dollars into like accounts to support pro-life work. It's, you know, movement of our prayers. Um, there's just so much to it. If I can just share a brief example of this uh, in practicality. Um, last week, uh, I was uh, invited to be part of uh, helping out. A young mom was in need. Uh, she was moving from one province to another, and she was uh, looking for resources. She was a single mom, and she had baby twin girls that just didn't hardly have any possessions, moving to a totally new area, looking for a job. And so uh, one of our colleagues put out a call for donations of various baby items, furniture, you know, not typically what um, I am involved in in the educational arm of the movement, but um, I got to drive the truck and go around uh, with our president, Nick, to uh, to pick up a bunch of furniture. And I was just amazed how it was within just the span of a few hours that so many ordinary moms and dads and families responded by giving their change tables or old uh, desks and things, um, baby clothes, some cash donations, various things for this mother they didn't even know, but to help her out in her time of need uh, to take care of her little babies and I was just inspired by that and just struck more and more uh, by how, yeah, the movement isn't just by people who are recognized or seen, you know, that the work of the pro-life movement is so much that everyday stuff on the ground, like ordinary people doing, I was going to say extraordinary work, but sometimes it's just like the menial tasks or the little things, the donations, right? The things that don't seem significant, but they are what needs to be done to, you know, not only stand against a culture of death, of course, but to build and promote a culture of life, of love and care for babies and their families along the way. 
I, I think that's a great way to, to really conclude here, that, that there is a place for everybody in the pro-life movement, and not just in the pro-life movement as this big random abstract thing, but within CCBR, right? And, and I think that you hit it on the head that not only demographic-wise, I, I know that so often, for those who are familiar with our social media, so often it looks like our team was made up exclusively of young, good-looking people like Jer and, and others <laughs> that are out there changing minds. And a lot of people say, well, I'm, I'm not young, therefore I'm not going to be able to relate to the high school students and university students. And yet, I mean, many in, in Calgary here, many of our most active volunteers are a little bit older than I am. Um, and some of our, we did crash courses across Western Canada. I know that many of the participants of the Toronto crash course as well were not in that kind of thought to be signature CCBR demographic of 16 to 24 kind of thing that, that we have people in their 70s and their 80s even who are out door knocking with us or doing choice chain with us on street corners. And so not only demographic wise is everybody welcome and able to contribute in outreach, but like you allude to at the end there of it's not just about age or, or ability, but also um, season of life. Like if, if it's really difficult for people to be able to contribute to activism because so much of our activism happens during the weekdays at lunchtimes and that kind of thing, there's opportunities in evenings and weekends, whether it's um, the kind of limited range of activism we do there, but also, um, yeah, whether it's helping out with, with baby drives, like, like you mentioned, or I know that our colleague Quana here in Calgary has a, a phone calling team that we get hundreds of pro-life contacts every year. And to have somebody who can contribute towards calling through and lining up apologetics workshops with those people Um following up with people, maybe even for donations. There's a lot of background stuff that can work for people that might not have either the timing or even the geography to be able to make that happen. That, that if, if you're a four hour drive from Toronto and it's <laughs> impossible to get in for regular activism, there's other ways that you can contribute as well. And, and as you mentioned as well, not, not least of all being a financial partnership as well. And so that makes a ton of sense, Jer. Um, Really, really appreciate you taking the time to give us a, a little bit of a sneak peek for what's happening in the Mississauga office in the Eastern Outreach Department. Um, any any concluding thoughts? Any any last minute um, kind of brainwaves or sparks of ideas that are worth um, getting people thinking about how people get plugged in with Eastern Outreach and, and who they might be able to contact if they want to start volunteering maybe? No, that's great. Yeah, we are always looking for volunteers. You know, there's such a need for, as you said, people according to your various gifts and abilities uh, um, serving in the pro-life movement. Um, yeah, in addition to the regular, you know, one week or summer long programs that we have, uh, regular volunteers on the ground in different communities make so much of a difference. So people can uh, look on our, our website, like on the on the volunteer pages and look for community groups. They can get in contact with uh Blaze Elaine or with Christina King, depending on which community group they are involved in at this time. Uh, there are, yeah, it's encouraging, as we alluded to earlier, just a growing number of community groups across Ontario, specifically where I'm working here, and uh, plenty plenty of chances for people to get involved. I mean, if you don't have a specific area, you just have general questions. We also have just our general account email at endthekilling.ca that people can reach out to uh, to serve as well. 
Beautiful. You're the man, Jer. Appreciate it. Um, God is good. I give him the praise for for all the incredible stuff that that he has um, been able to bring about in Mississauga throughout Eastern Canada through the tour and everything else. Say hi to all the team out there, and um, I hope that one day you will um, achieve your your ultimate mission of banning socks and sandals in the office out there. And so, thanks a ton uh, for taking the time to join me, and and for all you listeners in um, Ontario, Southwest Ontario specifically definitely do connect with jared and the team out there so thanks a ton that thanks a lot cam have a good day all right folks that was my conversation with jared hoogheim department manager for the eastern outreach department of ccbr he's an incredible man i highly recommend getting in touch with him and getting to see him as um, you have the opportunity to do so there's so many different opportunities in eastern canada in the ontario region in particular between crash courses, pro-life week of action, boot camps, internships, and a gamut of one-off presentations and other events as well. And so, Jared and the entire team in the Eastern Average Department are, are well worth your time getting to know. And a huge shout out to any of you listeners who are tied in, whether as volunteers, intern alumni, and maybe the odd staff member who who um, dons to, to listen to episodes. Um, can't thank you guys enough for all of your hard work and sacrifice this year, making 2023 such an incredible year. And so you heard, Jerry, if you want to get in touch, I've dropped in the show notes below all of the links that you need to get in touch and sign up for one of our programs or get in touch to become a, a volunteer, or even just to ask questions and, and connect with the team in the greater Toronto area. Tomorrow, we're going to be bringing this home with my final conversation uh, with a representative of the Eastern Strategic Initiative, which is our newest department, really tackling um, a, a lot of really cool stuff. I'll, I'll let um, the rep tomorrow, hopefully Blaze, but we'll see who it is, um, share all about the Eastern Strategic Initiatives Department. Um, and so without any more babbling on my end, thank you all. I hope that you continue have a great holidays here if you get some time off if you don't and you're listening on your ride into work or ride home from work or whatever you may be doing may god bless you abundantly wherever you're at however many hours are left in your day